Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we just thank you for your presence. God, we ask that your spirit would just move into this place, God, just like an aroma. Father, when we walked into church this morning, God, there was a pleasantness. Lord, we ask that you would just continue in that that fashion. God, just draw us into your presence. Speak to us, God. Give us your prophetic word today. God, there's so much in this season, so much to be thankful for and so much going on. So, Lord, we ask your blessing upon our time right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. I am doing the gifts of the wise men, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a, uh, a twist, I hope, give you something to think about, something to consider. Um, first thing I want to do... I apologize for any of the kids in the room, um, but Santa Claus, for me, doesn't cut it because it was always, you got to be naughty or nice kind of thing, and I'm not into works. Okay. I promised Susie I wouldn't do more than one, and that was it. That was it. The gifts of the wise men. I want to uh, find my Bible. Isn't that great? Let me find my Bible. Uh, Let me find my Bible. I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. Matthew 2, 11. It says, and after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. They they walked in and they fell to the ground, literally prostrate, right out on their face, arms out, and they just began to worship him. It goes on and says, after they worship him, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh is what you probably smelled when you came into the church this morning little leathery sandalwood kind of smell. Um, A couple of things about these gifts. God, if we can, uh, yeah, you got it. Thank you so much. Number one, I want to show you the gifts through the eyes of of typology. Typology is a Greek word, comes from tupos. It simply means to show by signs and symbols. So we're going to look a little differently at the gifts than maybe you've looked before. Uh, You probably heard that that gold represents something and and, uh, frankincense represents something and myrrh represents something and I'm hoping to expand on that for you. But it says they were rare and costly. Now think about that. These guys traveled a long way. If if you're following uh, uh, the book of Daniel talks about Daniel being the chief over all these guys and potentially they came from the Persian area, Babylon. They came that way. Uh, came a long ways, was a big journey. If you look at Ezra's journey, it only took him four months to go from Babylon to Jerusalem. But if they were further east than that, it would take longer. But they traveled a long ways. They got here, or got here, they got there, uh, following a star. And they brought with them gifts that were rare and costly. 
I like the part about falling on their face and worshiping and bringing these gifts. The first thing they wanted to do was worship. The second thing they wanted to do was give gifts. Keep that in mind because these wise men are called wise men for a reason. So gold, gold is a gift fit for the king of kings. The reason gold is fit for that is because it's shiny and valuable. There's not a lot of it. Um, I brought some. Um, and I don't know if they brought this kind to the king of kings, but I brought quite a bit of gold. That's not gold, that's bronze. Uh, and gold is, this is what gold is. Gold is royalty. When they came into the house and they looked at this, this child, the first thing they knew was this is royalty. He is the son of the most high God. He's the Christ. Gold is found in the earth. And I liken this to royalty wrapped in flesh. That when they came and saw him, they recognized this is him. This is the one that we've been waiting for. Emmanuel, I believe, I don't know if I have that, I do. Emmanuel, uh, Matthew one twenty three is God with us. Can you imagine what that felt like when you walked into the room and there it was, the presence of God in such a way that we've probably never seen yet, but we will. And they fell upon their faces and they worshiped. Oh my gosh. I, I can't imagine them looking into their little treasure boxes and saying, uh, this isn't enough. This isn't going to do it. We've got to have more. There's got to be more. Look at how precious and how valuable the king of kings. Gold was used to wrap pretty much everything in the tabernacle. Um, Cookie will probably not like me doing this, but I'm going to unwrap this because it's interesting about gold. One ounce of gold and I have it in my notes for you. Uh, one ounce of gold can be hammered out to 180 square feet. So if this were a one ounce gold coin, and I put it out on the floor, we could hammer that out so thin without breaking it that we could cover a one car garage floor. And they call that gold leaf. Now me, I got this gold and I wanted to bring it and show you that that would make it paper thin, right? Uh, but it also reveals the chocolate that I've been waiting <laughs> to, to get to. Uh, because this is my, my gift right here to me. I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> but they brought something that had to be dug out, worked on, brought, brought in and purified and made to be what it was and they presented it to the king of kings. Rare and costly gifts. You and I would probably not realize that to find gold in a desert, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, gold wasn't mined uh, really for a long, long time. They would just see traces of it in the streams, the, the riverbeds, that kind of thing. And then they would chase those streams down until they could find a vein and chase that vein down until they could find 
a substance of gold. Rare and costly. To be wise men and to own that, that's, that's a pretty big deal. I'm going to go to our next slide. Frankincense. Now, by the way, there's still gold in here. If after uh, service you want some chocolate, uh, <laughs> it's in here. Have you ever thought about that piece? Um, when you saw Jesus, what did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. God with us. It was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. These wise men showed up and, and recognized this is it. It's begun. Here he is. What a great place to be. My second slide is frankincense. I didn't label the boxes, so I have to sneak at the gifts. Any of you do that Christmas morning? Get out. There it is. Frankincense. This is the real deal. This is from uh, a place around Yemen. And I want you to look at my notes there. It comes from a Boswellia tree. Uh, this is what happens to get this stuff out of the tree. You have to scrape the bark, find the trunk, and pierce it. Some of you guys from maybe the uh, Midwest or East Coast, you know, like getting maple out of a tree, you have to get that into the trunk to get the sap, to get the life out of it. And it would drip out into these things that everyone calls tears. It smells good, too. These big tears would drip out, and as they dried, they would turn white. And white in the Bible speaks of righteousness. The word, uh, the Hebrew word for frankincense is labona, and it means literally white. Zechariah 12.10, it says, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication when they will look toward me whom they pierced. Frankincense, when they brought it, they were actually bringing a message that we've got royalty coming and it's going to be pierced. They were bringing a prophetic message of their day that this is what's about to happen. And they gave it as gifts. Slide number three. That stuff smells pretty good, by the way. Just sitting there. Slide number three. Myrrh. Myrrh represents humanity. Now, if you smell that on the way in, a lot of times people talk about this is what they put with the deceased bodies to keep it from smelling. There's some question about that. That may be one of the things they did with it. But uh, in, in the Middle East, they didn't do a lot of showers. You guys get that, right? I mean, they might find a bath, but there weren't a whole lot of showers. They weren't like us. You know, we shower once a day. If it's a really hot day, maybe two, maybe three times a day, right? Well, they weren't doing that, so they would take frankincense, and they would take myrrh, and that's how they would scent their body, kind of like we do band roll-on or right guard or 
uh, it's the same concept, right? They would make these oils or these powders, these sash, is that the word, sash, that they would carry little bags around their neck to make them smell better because it's sweaty and it's hot. And since we're in Arizona, we know that. We know what that can be like, especially if you're into garlic and onions or leeks and sweat. And you'd want some frankincense and some myrrh to take care of that aroma. And so if a body was decaying, they would, in fact, wrap it with myrrh. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest a little further research. You'll find that they did a lot with the thing called lavender. We have, uh, we were cooking and I were out hiking around the trail the other day and came across one of the sage bushes that smells like lavender. You know, Russian sage, lavender, hyssop, they're all the same family kind of thing. And if you pull on them and crush them in your hand, they smell really good, right? And a lot of that, they would, they would turn into oil, lavender oil, and they would use that. Um, the Roman soldiers, when they marched through the Middle East, they actually marched through lavender fields because there's a lot of decaying flesh when the Roman army went through. And they were able to keep their nostrils from being offended by using a lot of lavender. So lavender is an important thing too. But myrrh is, it comes from another little tree. It's not really a tree, it's more of a bush. And it produces a blood-colored substance. And this is done when you slice the bark. You don't pierce it, you just slice it. And it, it bleeds. They would place a palm leaf at the base of the tree. Now, I didn't open this because it was too, too uh, broken up. But I hope, I don't know if you guys can see that or not, but it's pretty red. So when it drips out, it drips out little droplets, and they're pretty red. And they look like blood when they're dripping. And that's what that tree would look like. That's what that tree would look like. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced, there's the frankincense, because of our transgressions, and he was crushed because of our iniquities, and the chastisement for our, our peace, our shalom, was upon him. And by his stripes, by the cutting of that myrna tree, where myrrh comes from, we were healed. In Exodus 30, it, it talks about frankincense and myrrh being crushed together to make the anointing oil for the priest and the incense that was burned in the house. Do you see the story? The wise men show up and they say, royalty has come to earth to be pierced and to be striped, to bring our healing. And all they could do was worship. All they could do was fall on their face and offer these things and say, it's, it's beyond this, but this is the best we can do. So my next slide should say that the wise men brought the Christ child gifts that announced his ministry and his purpose. It basically was an acknowledgement from all of these prophetic and wise people that have been studying the stars and studying the scriptures and looking for when will Messiah come? And they brought the story and presented it before him and said, we get it. You're coming. Royalty is coming to be pierced and whipped and bruised for our salvation. What a gift.
So, I, I heard uh, the other day we were talking and somebody said, well, you know, wise men still seek him. <laughs> and that's the truth. Okay, guys, in closing, I have a few minutes, but this is what I want to do. Uh, Christmas is a time of gift exchange. Can you see what was going on? They brought gifts and acknowledged who it was, and he gave his life. He's the gift from God. He's the one who brought us salvation. He's the one who brought us healing. So there's this exchange that goes on, and I'm, I was thinking about all the things that he's done. Look at the gifts of the Spirit that he's poured out. All of that, it's like there's this great big gift exchange that's taking place. In Christmas time especially, I think God is just waiting to pour out, just like we're waiting to receive. But what about the exchange part? So in my next slide, if you guys want to go there, thank you so much, there's this fourth gift. And I tucked it away back here because it's kind of a, an odd little gift. Um, in Mark chapter 14, it talks about Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. You guys are probably familiar with this. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus, and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. When, when the culture of that day talks about uh, having to break open a flask, in Jesus' time, there were two types of perfume vials that were broken and used. One was on the wedding night. Uh, again, remember, not everybody's taking a shower every day, right? Not everybody's getting a bath every day. But on the wedding night, in order to, to make that evening the best that it could be, the bride would take from her dowry this alabaster box and she would break it and pour that perfume on her body and upon their marriage bed as a, as a, a symbol and a sign of how important and how special this event really is. That's one time. And the other time is uh, when you die. Um, Cookie, I don't believe, has gotten me a, a vial of expensive perfume for my deceased moment, but if she had, she would keep that thing and store that thing and hold on to it, and upon my parting of this world, she would break that thing open and pour it upon my body so that I didn't, as they said when Lazarus came out of the grave, you know, remember, Lord, he stinketh. <laughs> if you're a King James person, you got that. Uh, that's the two times this was done. Jesus said she did this for his death. What did she really do? She took the most expensive thing she had, the most precious thing she possessed, the thing that meant everything about who she was and her life, and she came before the Lord and she broke it and poured it on him. At Christmas time, I picture the Lord waiting for the gift you'll bring him. I picture him sitting and saying, oh, that my people would get it. 
if you would just come to me broken, pour your life out, do you have any idea of the exchange that can take place? Do you recognize the healing he can provide? Do you recognize the reconciliation in families that he can accomplish? Do you understand the, the, the blessing that can come to you when you pour out your life at his feet? That's the fourth gift. And wise men still seek him. When this world offers these gifts wrapped in fine things, but it's always questioned by, well, have you been naughty or nice? Not with Jesus. Yes, we all have issues, and yes, we all have things in our life that God is working on, but he who has begun a good work in you shall complete it. It's not about how good or how bad. It's about how much you pour out to him. As much as you pour your life out to him, you can count on him working with you to reconcile and to redeem and to cleanse and to make you righteous. That's the gift exchange that, that I think God is looking for. And in this house especially, I think we all know people that need peace on earth and reconciliation amongst friends and family. And God is just saying, could you just be broken? If you could just be broken, look at the exchange that could take place. I want to offer you just a moment. So if you would bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you to consider what is the best you that you could offer Jesus this Christmas. What would that look like? If you were an alabaster box full of expensive and fragrant perfume, and you could say, Jesus, this is the most important me, and I want it to be broken for you, what would that look like? Would it look like, in my mind, my thoughts and my decisions would be reprioritized? They would become truly Jesus first. In my, in my attitudes and my behaviors about this life that I'm living, this gift of life that God has given me, would I change anything? Would I look at people differently? Would I look at my spouse or my kids or my mom and dad or friends or family in any way? What would I do that would be different? What gift could I offer Jesus this Christmas that would make all the difference? And then I just want to challenge you. This Christmas, give him the best you. Just surrender your life. If you've never given your life to Christ, this is a great moment to do that. If you have, then you know what I'm talking about. There's always deeper and deeper relationship to be had. It's just like any relationship on planet Earth. The more I get to know you, the more time I spend with you, the deeper the relationship, the better the relationship. It's no different. It's no different with Jesus. Make him your best friend. Father, in, in this house today, God, we just thank you for the gift of eternal life. We're not going to top that. 
We thank you for the gift of your son who was, in fact, pierced, crushed, and by his stripes, we are healed. Thank you, God, that change in our life is still there. It's still a potential. You're not finished with us yet. And all we can do is pour out our life at your feet, call upon your great name, and believe that you love us so much you'll never let us go. So, Lord, today we ask that you would just refresh in us, bring a, a new aroma into our life, a new scent into our life, God, that, that is pleasing to you and pleasing to us. Lord, we know it's not Santa Claus and it's not we're naughty or nice. It's not by works. Any of this can be accomplished, but by your spirit, you can make us new creatures in Christ Jesus every day, every day. We thank you for healing in this house, God. We thank you for the revelation of your word in this house. We thank you for relationships, God, that are built in this house. But pour it out. Jesus, pour it out into our community, into our state, into our nation, God, into this world, that the love of God would be shed abroad. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We ask, oh God, that you would bless and keep each one in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. I'd like for the music ministry team to uh, make your way back up here, guys. We've got just a couple of minutes. And while they're doing whatever song they have designed to do, I want us to take just a couple of minutes. You ready for this one? Just, just turn to somebody next to you and just tell them how much you value them and their life in Christ and how that affects them sharing that with you. Just share that gift of acknowledgement. I could look at my wife and say, I, you know, I'm not the treasurer in our home. She is. I'm the message guy. And I'm thankful for that. You know, it makes it really easy on me not to worry about that kind of stuff. But you know what it took to get there? It was like trust. A relationship that said, I trust you. I, I, I trust that we can work together and make good choices because we've got the same Jesus we're going after. So if you've got somebody sitting next to you, if you don't, go find somebody. Uh, and just let them know, this Christmas season, you're a gift in my life. Thank you. Thank you for being a gift in my life. Thank you for sharing who you are with me. Amen.